Hello, and welcome to episode nine of the Krupcast. I am your host, Chris Meekness Fan. With me today, uh, for our video version, I just have to address this immediately. Brody! Hello. What's up, Brody? Been a while. Yeah, uh, it has. <laughs> <laughs> it has been a while. Is there, is there something that, you, that you'd like to speak to me about? Oh, I, I, I wouldn't like to speak to you about it. <laughs> you just have floating ghost Knuckles the Echidna going through your background. Yeah, uh, he died and he, his, he was mixed up and crushed uh, into this can um, that I'm drinking from, which I just need to say, uh, I, I don't know what it is about, uh, about uh, Knuckles brand Sour Power G Fuel, but I cannot for the life of me clear my throat. I, what is that QR code for? <laughs> no, that's only for people watching. The trap put up a QR code. If so, if you want to scan it, come to the YouTube. Come, come check the video version and hold your phone up and see what that's about. I guess. This trap, is, how are you doing? This is the worst intro to a podcast ever. Wait, did someone actually scan it? No. Oh, okay. That's why I thought you were laughing. Uh, no, seconds. hey, how's it going? I uh, hope you guys are doing well. Yeah. Um, no, we're great. Welcome to Crubcast featuring myself and Brody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's we only also have Justin, him. who I'm increasingly feeling a kinship with. In the, what, what is happening? Do we restart this realm? Hi, Justin. How, how have you been? I've been doing great. Um, I've been a lot less busy recently, so I've been able to hang out with you guys a lot more, which I'm very happy about. Yeah, and I've noticed I've been a little more sad as that's happened lately. I'm not sure if there's a correlation <laughs> or what. But. We went from a kinship to being, oh man, he's around more. I'm upset yeah, about that. <laughs> You never know where things you know, are going to go on the Corruptcast. Yeah, it's part of our dynamic. You know, we got to keep people coming back week to week. To I know where like, things well, will go. Oh, wait. You've seen the final plot? What is it? No, I can just see the future. Okay. How do we... You know, right. um, how, my, how my, 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 my friend uh, said if you drink the juice inside of the Magic 8-Ball, you could see the future. Uh, he did right. it. Drank it. Said, I'm going to die. And then he did. Hmm. So. so what you're saying is I need to bust out my 20 year old magic eight ball and have a little sip. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like by okay. then it, it will have fermented, treat. you know, into like a fine wine. So do you think like the, 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 the triangle inside that like spins around when you shake up the magic eight ball, would that be like a pickle? Yeah. And then I have it and it's actually doused in crab. So I die. Oh, Wait, because of the that's crab? a throwback to anyone who heard that story. I don't remember what episode we Anyone talked about. You remember that the in. time I almost killed that Trav guy with a pickle? <laughs> yeah, it's true. Cool. Chris almost killed me, but it was it it, it was voluntary, so I <laughs> maybe not. Like I I said kill me, and then he almost did, so it, it worked out. <laughs> it was one of those moments where um, I really should have thought through what I was doing, but you were just like, "Hey, man, can I have that pickle?" Dude, I I, like, do, I didn't yeah, think sure. about it. I'm the one who's allergic, and I'm like, "I want the pickle." And I was that just was like, it. yeah, it's just a pickle. Trav could eat a pickle. Here, have it. Yeah. Turns yeah. out there was crab you... on the plate with the pickle. All right. Uh, Brody, finish your introduction, because I, I still have to give mine. Well, uh, I don't need... I don't need... Not already introduced ourselves. Yeah, I, I, don't know, I don't know what my introduction is. I guess I could say I, I almost uh, killed a guy that, that was allergic to peanut butter, but like, but like, deli like almost deliberately. Like, all, like, all, like, I basically, like, I, huh? I said to him, I was like, you know, yo, hey, hey, Brian, do you want to do you want a peanut butter ball? knowing that he was allergic to peanut butter, but I said the word peanut butter, like, obviously, it was a joke, and he just goes, yeah, sure, and he goes to reach for it, and I have to, like, kick in my reflexes to take it away, because I'm like, no, 
Mm. They're not supposed to die here. We got a confession, Justin. boys. Grab him. Bag him and grab him. I am Justin, who, who have you almost killed, Justin? Um, <laughs> so This is the actual topic of the pod. <laughs> uh, I mean. Physical damage. I threw a bottle of water at one of my friends in college, and he still has a scar on his face from where I smacked him in the face with a bottle of water. Oh, hell yeah, dude. I, I wasn't expecting you of all people to have something approximating an actual honest answer for that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, he's, he was bleeding a lot more profusely than I thought he would. And then he thought he would. What kind of water bottle? This is okay. This, this ain't meditated. no. Yeah, yeah. He was trying to have little blood. <laughs> so, this doesn't have to be a Dasani. What the hell? So uh, yeah, a I threw a bottle. expectation of how much he would bleed, and it exceeded that expectation. Because okay. like, so I expected none, and then the fact that there was blood exceeded my expectation. Right. Okay. I'm really hoping it was like a Quentin Tarantino. Was it like a metal bottle? No, it was plastic. That's why I was what so surprised fuck? that it cut him open. Did it like? Did you hit him with the cap? I must have hit him with like you know how the the cap has like a like a plastic bit on the bottom with the ring around it to keep it like bro sealed. no cap. Um, I think that part that's like the hardest part of the plastic. That's the part that hit him. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what did it. And I'm like million and an odd like million and one odds chance of that ever happening. And now he permanently has a scar on his face because of me. Are the odds awesome. really that low? I don't know. Yeah, you mean yeah, because the most like the rest of like the plastic bottle is like squishy plastic that you can like you can bend uh. it by just like putting a little bit of pressure on it. So like the one part that's actually hard enough for it to actually do damage, it's like it's amazing. I also bend if you put enough pressure on me, so I get it. It's that's true. true. I do remember last time. Mm-hmm. Brody, I um I wanted to get you in here quick. And quickly, that's shown to be a scary idea. Um, I was looking at our numbers. You've only been on one episode of the show so far. Yeah, I mean, I l- unless was... you count the, the pre-shows, but yeah. 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 Which we're legally not allowed to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I I, don't, I just wanted to check in. How, how are you? How have you been? It's been a uh, while. Uh, good. Yeah, no, I, I, I've been very good. I've uh, slipped into a months-long depression as I got to the end of, end of uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, because it that's it, a mood i mean it, it went from it went from you know fun game to like chore checklist in like the final half and i mm. but you know, but i still felt compelled to play it because it's like oh it's fun but also end me please um, uh, so which which fur bait character was your favorite oh ooh, um you know i th- well the problem here's the problem is Cass wasn't in it and and Cass is the best Feathered. but not for well, uh, well, that's you know, the main problem I'd say with that. Okay, so wait, so then like, so then Sidon's off the table too, then, because he's no, he's, you can, you can still say Sidon if well, he he's, gets you. Well, he's rocking. he's scaled, right? He's so not furry. Yeah, and then oh, shut up. Same thing. You can't use. Is it? Is there any fur? I, I guess I guess Raru, but that's it just I mean, being Raru. Yeah, he's that, a goat. But that's like that's goats not furry. No, he's he's saying that's the only one that counts because that's the only one with fur. But there's Monero. Spoilers. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Is there's really only those two, right? Like, there's no other, there's no other characters with. So include the fucking fish, you fish fucker, well, and I, the I, birds. I, I wanted to include the bird, but apparently that wasn't allowed. I couldn't pick Cass. Who said that's not allowed? Chris. Oh, what the fuck, Chris? I just wanted to see how far that would go. So basically, Brody, <laughs> you you had like 300 hours of a game, and we're like, man, I got to keep playing this thing, huh? You didn't yeah, just well, uh, it, it, it go really, for the ending. Yeah, well, th- well, the thing is, is, is where everything started, kind of started to go downhill. 
uh, was that mm-hmm. I, I accidentally ran into the ending probably about like 66% of the way through my playthrough. Um, accidentally. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like just completely by what? accident. Oh, wait, did you jump into the... Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that final yeah. hole yeah I, I did the same thing and got like a suspicion that like i'm not supposed to be here so i i just left i um, be careful with that final and hole. I'm, I'm glad i did i say i don't know what you're talking about i still haven't beat the game yeah Justin, that's why i'm up. trying to i'm trying to say it vaguely i, I yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll say it vaguely but also it, it is the game's worst mystery because obviously that's that's where the game is like they try to they try to keep it like suspicious like whoa where is he it's like well yeah obviously he's there what are you talking about right it's like walking around bowser's castle and being like i don't know where he is luigi (laughs) i'm always saying this bowser always saying this that's interesting though about um feeling like the game became a check like a checklist chore thing for you because i started to recognize that in myself in the game and that was around the 95 hour mark and i was like you know I need my life back for one thing. So I'm going to end this game right now and keep it like a purely positive all the way through memory instead of making myself see it all. Ah. As much as I wanted to see it all. Because see, I love that game. But That's really interesting because I love... Like, I, I deliberately try to make sure that I am playing at least one checklist game at all times. Um, like, just have it const- like as my current game that I'm playing. Um, right now it is currently a mix between still tears of the kingdom. Cause I'm still fucking going through it. Um, but mm. also far cry six, um, far cry six, far, far cry, cry, far cry is a really good turn off your brain sort of checklist game. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like, cause I, I, I like checklist games. I, I like the elder scrolls shit, except elder scrolls got pretty boring, pretty fast for me. Um, but no, that that's interesting because you're like, oh, it's turning into a checklist. And I'm like, that's what I was doing from the start. <laughs> yeah. This was always a checklist for me. Bro. Yeah, like, dude, I'm 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 checklisting <laughs> well, right now. What and what ended up happening, and I I, I you know, and, and there's a few different ways, and this this isn't a Tears of the Kingdom stream, so I'm not I'll just keep this short, but it's just I I I Ubisofted myself by keeping a very meticulous track of like you know, oh, I would I would ping five things and then want to go off in a different direction. So I'd leave down mm-hmm. markers and, and kind of know what I had. Um, contrast with, you know, my, like playing Breath of the Wild, where I didn't do that till like the end. Um, and so I, I, I begin like where where these games kind of get rid of that open world fatigue by not having all of that, that map with all of those icons. I just through meticulous uh, record keeping ended up making the game that and it just sort of took the magic away in a, in a lot of ways oh no you fell into making it the thing it wasn't yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Oh. so so by the end when i accidentally like by the time i accidentally got to the the ending i had explored basically all of the the overworld and um almost like maybe maybe 25 percent of of the undercarriage, but like I knew where everything was because mm. obviously there's that there's that correlation. So the ending of the game right. became, you know, make a machine out of nine fans and a steering stick and then just go to every light route. Uh and and there's not much interesting down there. There's not much variety down there. So it's just sort of like go in straight line, get, go in straight line, get, you know, it's mm. there's Yeah. I mean I'll I'm trying not to make this take over the podcast. I could talk about this for hours. Um, but no, that that has to be curious. Like, how did you 
Did you use a guide at all or a map for anything? No, no, not at all. Uh, okay. Well, actually, that's that's technically a lie. I think I used it. I did look up one. You know what? I will say I give I give this game a lot of guff for not having any puzzles that made me think because um, it, it just didn't. I found all, I found like every single puzzle extremely easy. Um, mm-hmm. But there, the one where you have to like do the the shade to get the one like Misko's treasure like over in the mushroom area. I I hadn't been to the shrine yet that like establishes shade as a puzzle mechanic so that one i actually didn't look up but that's because it's if you don't know what's going on it's unbelievably obtuse but i don't think i found that one yet oh i don't wow. think i did either yeah. oh wow yeah i it's, hope we right. don't have to cut any of this out because it's spoiler no i think this is all fairly light i don't i don't think there's... all right i think we should move on quick finishing thoughts brody how much do you hate tears of the kingdom uh a medium amount because because the okay. first the first 10 hours is good and like the middle, like, 20 hours after you've done, like, the four main areas is also pretty good. And then, like, the rest is just kind of like, go, here, words. go here, do this. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's it. I, <laughs> instead, You're taking too long, well, the, past, the past two days I've been playing Inscription and having a much better time. The end. Oh, my God. We, okay. Well, if you want good Tears of the Kingdom opinions, please come to the Crub official YouTube channel. Brody's not in this chat, but me? Trav Guy and the Golden Bolt are on there talking about our spoiler impressions of Tears of the Kingdom. And we tell you what you want to hear, so we'll confirm the feelings All your you want. And you'll feel yeah. good after listening to I it. I literally, <laughs> like, I put a bug on your computer just to find out what your thoughts are, because it's also connected to your brain. And I say exactly what you want to hear. Wow. We should do that more often. We should. There's a lot of marketing potential in that. I'm gonna so be I honest. I felt oh, a lot. I felt Justin, very please. similar to how Brody felt, and uh, that's what prompted me to go and try some other games instead of um, playing Zelda for eight hours a day. And I think that's a little, a little good of a uh, segue into the topic today, which is uh, appreciating some of the indie games that I'm gonna cut are you off. On- okay. go. <laughs> I was letting you go because I wanted to get back into the plugs. I want to say I find that interesting first off because you were a big Breath of the Wild guy, not as I love guy. Breath of the Wild. Yeah. So we should touch on that some other time, but. Something I need to throw out. We have plugs. If you are listening to us on YouTube, thank you. Drop us a like. We upload our podcast video version every Friday at noon Eastern. Audio versions go up at 7 a.m. Eastern each week. If you prefer podcast platforms, Um, you can come check. Check. You can come chat with us live Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern on Twitch. We're considering a move to YouTube, but for now, it's Twitch. And there's more reason to do so now because we're actually moving our episodes to a 10-day delay. So today's episode, when we're recording it, goes up the week after on Friday. What this means for you, basically nothing. There's no disruption. But if you want to come hang out, chat with us, topical. We do pre- and post-shows and hang out and chat with you guys. Come on. Come on. Come on, you can also find us on other places, including Spotify, Justin's Kitchen, and My Backyard. Come to Justin's Kitchen. My mind was just like, get to the podcast review mention, make them mention the podcast review. So I was like, yeah, come on, guys. Come on, give them. Come on. If I plug before for the show. Come on, Yes, please. We appreciate everyone who's been listening. Thank you so much. And, um... Now I'm going to still kick Justin's shins and say the thing he was about to say. <laughs> but today, um, Brody actually came up with this topic, which I thought was a good one. Because um, it's a thing I think we've all interacted with, but maybe we don't actually acknowledge it as much. Which is the indie spiritual successor, ideally one that's good, to games we love. 
and Brody had some immediately good examples, like obviously Stardew Valley, um, Spark the Electric Jester 2, which was a pool I forgot about <laughs> even, which is what made me want to do this topic, because I was like, oh yeah, that game totally applies. Um, and I guess I just wanted to run with that and just actually talk about games that are good. Because the indie space, I feel like, is in a good space compared to the AAA gaming space, where there's variety and there's actual fun things to be had that aren't very depressing to think about and microtransaction filled and all those fun, fun things. But specifically, um, I think there's also maybe a weird double thing too, where sometimes the indie spiritual successor is kind of just the old thing, but again, and it doesn't push past that too much either. So I think there's a lot to talk about here today. Justin, um, I will now hand it back to you <laughs> since I so rudely took this intro from you. How could <laughs> Justin. You? Because I was like, one... I got a, I got a, I got a segue. I got this. is all great. And Chris is like, yeah. no, I'm stealing. Yeah, it's someone's mine now. Keep, someone's got to keep this on the rails. <laughs> um, yeah, Justin, like, um, what if, what if tracks you to a, a game like this? Because I feel like every few months we kind of see one, and it usually happens on Twitter, where it's like, oh man, this thing's just like the old thing I like. Like, is it just a specific game? Generally, which I know is broad, or is it like a genre you tend to pay attention to? Do you even keep an eye out for things, or do these just kind of fall into your lap? Yeah, so they definitely come and fall into my lap. One game I really wanted, I just want to say the name of this game, so that way when I'm watching this uh, podcast myself later, I'm reminded right. to like look it up again. Plucky Squire. Really want to play ah. that game. It's an indie game. I don't know if it has basis on anything, but I really want to play it. Continuing on to the question you asked. Um, okay. The game, <laughs> it looks the, pretty good. It looks I like great. Justin. Using, I just want to give a quick shout out to notes. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not opening up my nose app. I'm just going to say Plucky Squire, go look at it. Um, you know. Just a reminder when, to wash the dishes tomorrow for myself. <laughs> just a reminder set this podcast live on Friday. Mm, but not so this true. upcoming Friday, the next one. Um, mm. So yes, it's usually, on. usually the games kind of just fall on my lap. It's usually retweeted by some uh, content creator that I follow and I like the games that they play. Therefore, they put games on my Twitter feed that then remind me that they exist. An amazing um, example of that, Fuck Up and Drive. Ah, um, yeah. That is one that I saw it on Twitter once and I was it was just like immediately implanted into is my memory. Is that the one where you're doing like skater tricks? Yeah, it's it's outrun. Yeah, I love that but one. You're basically yeah, you're playing outrun, but you can like grind on all the rails and you can do like kickflips and stuff like that. It's awesome. Um, so that's one, and then another one that just comes up into my mind every single time is Bomb Rush Cyberfunk. Ah, um, uh, yes. And that's just one that so the, someone I follow on Twitter is really into Jet Set Radio. So every time there's anything Bomb Rush Cyberfunk related, it just pops up on my Twitter feed, and I'm like, oh yeah, they're making that. And that's that's an interesting one to me, because I am wondering uh, in, in specific with, with regards to Bomber Cyberfunk, if it will end up being sort of this Jet Set Radio carbon copy or if it's going to try to streamline some of what I think, you know, Jet Set Radio, great game. But there's just there's moments in it where I'm like, this could, this is breaking the pace, right? Like when you're doing the graffiti or you're doing something, it's just sort of like stops you in that in that moment of, of like an uh, what, is, what is an otherwise extreme sports game where you just have a have a sense of flow um mm -hmm. so i'm i'm hoping to see if they they improve on that a bit because obviously it is 
a Dreamcast. I mean, I'm, I don't I know. There's an Xbox one as well, I think. Right. But yeah, it's on Steam future. as well. Not future, but original Jet Set Radio is on Steam as well. Hmm. Right. But uh, the, the, uh, what I've played of Jet Set Radio, it felt really clunky. At least original Jet Set Radio, not future. <laughs> Jet Set Radio 1 feels really, really clunky. I agree. And yeah. like, it doesn't yeah, I was feel sitting like... here weighing like, oh man, do I need to be the guy that's like, I don't like playing Jet Set Radio, but I like everything else about it. No, I'll be, be, be that the guy. Fun killer? I'll be that guy. <laughs> it's not very yeah. fun to play. It's you, you go into that game expecting like for it to be an arcadey, like extreme sports game. And it's just mm. not that. It really isn't. It's kind of like mm. trying. It's like platforming, but with really buttery controls because you're on skate. You're on rollerblades. Yeah. I like your two examples specifically because to me, they kind of represent like both ends of how I feel like these things tend to go, at least for like the big profile ones, right? Because Bomb Rush Cyberpunk, that's a game that as far as we've seen, or at least I've personally seen just from the things I've looked at, that game is just, yo, they're not going to make Jet Set Radio, so we're going to make Jet Set Radio. And like there's some differences and things like that, but it kind of looks like they're emulating jet set radio extremely much so <laughs> i Grammar. hope that they don't it, every time you say the name future. of this game i think you're making something up i'll be honest right it, it doesn't roll off the tongue particularly well no but it's just so much like that old game but i look at buck up and drive and i feel like the elevator pitch on that one is really good in that it is like an outrun right it is like an old school arcade driving game but and there's a but right but it's this crazy kinetic like you have to look at it to believe how wild it looks kind of game at the same time and it pays tribute but it's also doing something completely different and you've pretty much never seen anything like it before right and that's a thing where like i wish bomb rush cyberpunk was that because there are some of these games from indies that are wonderful obviously and i think this game will probably be pretty good from looking at it but i wish there was like just one more thing it was doing. Like, I wish there's just one thing to separate it from just being, yo, we're making Jet Set Radio because Psycho won't or are. Yeah, because that, you know. that first leak, um, the first game from that leak is now existing and it's Persona 3 Reloaded. And uh, right. Yes. It's now the like leak, you say. Yeah, there was a there was Can a you leak. please inform me because this is news to me. There was a Sega leak years ago when they first showed mm. off the Sonic, the set, the Sonic Frontiers engine. Okay. And with that engine, they also did Persona 3 Reloaded and then a new HD version of Jet Set Radio. Mm. So Persona 3 Reloaded is coming out in November of 2023 and Sonic Frontiers already exists. So there's only one left in that leak that we haven't seen yet and it is Jet yeah. Set Radio. Okay. So if Jet Set Radio shows up and just rains on Bomb Dude, Rush Cyberpunk's parade. That Jet Set really Radio good. fans are finally going to have something to eat. Yeah, uh, th yeah. They, they've had something to eat for a while. Lest nope, we, shut up. Lest we forget. Oh, Brody is a great example. I know where Brody's going. Brody, <laughs> please. Lest we forget Hover Revolution of Gamers. Nope. I did forget about up. it because I don't know it exists. That that game. I'm going to be linking to a lot of the games you mentioned in the show notes, by the way, if you're listening to one and you're like, what the heck? What on earth is Hover Revolution of Gamers? <laughs> Just scroll down and I got you. <laughs> I yeah, it's not a good that. name. No, Thank you, Chris. Well, I, I think it's, it's a fantastic name. It's only called Hover on, on some things. On some things, it's called Hover Revolution of Gamers. Some things, it's just Hover because I guess they decided that it tracks better on consoles or something if it has a different name. I don't know. Mm. But you look at the trailer, and, and to look at the trailer is like, oh, wow, they're doing like a, a Jet Set Radio, but it's got like its own 
style and it's kind of like in that vein of like extreme sports like it's like almost evocative like ssx or whatever and then i i bought it and i played it and it starts with i i don't know the tutorial is like a a stealth segment with like (laughs) lasers and you have to avoid and it's it's not good it it feels like ass to control like it's 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 what you think of right to like what justin was saying like you kind of expect kind of an extreme sports thing and like when you watch the trailer for hover like another key feature i think you should mention or we should mention is that it has online multiplayer and you can like skate around with people and it looks very exciting like that would fit into what i was saying a bit ago of like oh it's like jet set radio but right and this cool thing is it has multiplayer and stuff like that but the second you mention to me specifically when we talked about this a couple months back that had a stealth mission i was like that's the last thing i ever want to imagine doing with jet set radio controls like it's skating you're not supposed to tiptoe around you're no. skating and it, it it's the most like bare bone like you know when there's a stealth segment in zelda and you're like oh they didn't they didn't think this through as well as like you know hideo <laughs> kojima would think through stealth it's just this is the most bare bone stealth you can imagine it is that and it is mm. jarring so- to say the least Love it. It's so weird to put that at the start of that game. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's supposed to teach you the controls. I don't know if there's more stealth segments in the game. I, I hope not. I desperately mm. hope not. But I, I didn't get past it. Like, I didn't get into the open world where the game probably gets fun. Maybe, I assume. You're giving maybe it, it a lot of credit. a bad first impression. Yeah, yeah you're wanna, giving it a lot of credit. <laughs> I don't want to poo-poo hover just in case it is pretty good. Um, but, I, I, you know, that, that does bring up the with Jet Set Radio and, uh, um, you know, OutRun and, and these games, it does bring up, I, I think, an interesting topic with regards to these these uh, indie successors, uh, which is how a, uh, Sega has a lot of them, I think. Right. Like Sega has sort of cultivated a, a culture of, hey, you know, do fan games or, you know, and do spiritual success. Or I, I don't know, like fans just seem to really like to focus on sega more than like oh you know someone trying to make a nintendo successor not that they don't exist obviously i have a list of like 20 or 25 here and there's definitely some on there but it does seem that sega gets the most of them. like when was the last time you saw an indie game that was like we're like the 3d zelda games right like, God. i just saw really a new one them. from fucking what was it apogee posted oh, right. uh, a few days ago dude fucking apogee literally used to be like one of the titans of pc gaming back in the 90s and now they're doing build your own zelda bubsy oh that one okay that one's the 2d dungeon maker right i was sitting yeah. here like what 3d zelda apogee what what oh no no oh, no mean. not 3d yeah, sorry they're, yeah they're doing, they're doing like <laughs> zelda maker like that like we thought nintendo right. was going to do after they did mario maker and see for something like that it, the appeal really is as soon as Nintendo decides to do this on their own, there's no reason for me to come back to this project. That is the thing, yeah. The yeah, thing is, so like, it- I I get the appeal of like, oh, we're gonna make this so that we're not going to. Like, I can't fucking comment on, uh, whatever game it was you were talking about, the Jet Set Radio clone. I already forgot the name. Um, <laughs> it's not a great right? name. Cyberfunk. Like, uh, oh, I already forgot. It's not um, a great name. It's worth yeah. like, yeah. as it soon as uh, as soon as you know, the uh. The, the studio that they're trying to copy makes one of their own, they need to have a whole other reason to pitch it to me. Yeah. Well, it's... I, I would agree if... But there I think there is a... If you... I think when looking at something like Mario Maker, I, I that game leaves a lot to be desired for me. 
And then a lot of this probably does come from growing up on uh, Little Big Planet, which is just it's so much more robust in its in its creation suite that the triple A indie spiritual success. Well, yeah, no, no, I'm yeah, I'm not trying to get on on that as a topic, but it is like no, no, with with uh, you know, I would hope, right, that this Zelda maker would just be bold enough to do things that Nintendo would just not allow you to to do in in their Zelda maker. I I agree completely. I, I hope so. I but think Nintendo it does has not a look lot of, like that'll be the case. Yeah, Nintendo has like a lot of legacy things that they feel like they have to honor. They can't go too out there because then you're gonna not have the essence of what made that thing that thing in the end. Mm. At least that's the way it felt like with Mario Maker. I mean, with Mario Maker though, they had like the Link suit, which is really cool. They had like the Link power up where you yeah. could just like shoot arrows and stuff like that and pick up bombs. They put Sonic in there. They did put Sonic in there, but that was only in they the put- first one. They put the man yeah. from Game Center CX in there. They put Misekoi. Mario. They had Misekoi. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Meat There's stick some boy? weird stuff with that. Uh, it's, like anime. it's like a harem anime. Oh, okay. Yeah, you don't have to worry about it. All right. Now I'm doubting that this is real. No, it's <laughs> in there. stick boy? That's not real. Misekoi. Okay. No, I, I, I legit thought you said meat stick boy. Meat stick Same. boy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's what I heard. What can I say? Are you hungry? No, I I ate before the stream. Do, do you want to eat? Yeah, you, you got eat the fuel. Dude, can I have some of that rain, bro? Oh wait, the rain's <laughs> not there anymore. No, the rain is gone. The rain. I'm not explaining context. I to can the see people clearly now. The rain has gone. That, that's all the context you need is from Justin. Yeah, I think the Zelda Maker one is safe because I feel like Nintendo got as close as they're going to get with that Link's Awakening remake Dungeon Maker. Because yeah. I think the secret lesson is that it's really hard to make a Zelda dungeon, and Nintendo probably knows that from making Zelda dungeons, so they're probably like, we're going to give you this, and then we're not going to revisit this idea ever. So that's why yeah. I'm mostly really curious about that one, which I should get the name of really quick, because I actually don't remember the name of it. But speaking It was like, like uh, Poopy Town 75 or something. That's the one. That's yeah. Poopy Town 75. Town? That should be on their um, Steam reviews. Quest Town seventy five, Quest Master. That's Quest the name Master. of it. it it's yes. one of the things where I, to make a Mario game, right? You you are just kind of popping up obstacles, and and you don't have to do much else. But for Zelda, you actually need to like program in the logic of oh, you've solved yeah. this puzzle this specific way. Now this happens, um, mm-hmm. which other game makers have done before. But it nintendo seems to want to streamline the process such that you you don't have to learn like visual based programming the way that you need to in like <laughs> little big planet 2 like you can actually someone made the right the first zelda dungeon in uh little big planet 2 when when it came out like it, it is a one-to-one recreation of the zelda dungeon you play it like zelda yeah. it's it's mm-hmm. it's and it's fantastic it's crazy to to see that um, and I don't think Nintendo would ever go so obtuse and you not not user unfriendly because I do think that game is the friendliest game creator, period. But like, this is a smaller net for next sure. Next to Project yeah. Dreams, come on now. Oh, don't don't get me, don't get me. On I was Dreams. watching a video about Dreams earlier today. I saw one where it was like roast the weenie, and you just put a hot dog in a fire, and it started screaming. <laughs> it sounds like a WarioWare mini game. <laughs> it does sound like a WarioWare mini game. Um, Trav, I wanted to touch with you. Hi. On this, hey, hey, hey welcome doing? back to the Crubcast. Hey, what's going on? Did we? I'm leave? your host, Georgian. <laughs> Sub Georgian. 
<laughs> Are you from the country of Georgia? Uh, from Delaware. Nice. Uh, that makes more sense. Hey, hey, what's hey, up, hey. Sorry. I wanted to get hey. with you on this because um, there's one that probably your audience would associate with you that we touched on when planning this episode, which is Ultra Kill, which you said mm. something that intrigued me in that it's not so much a successor to a game. No, it's not. But it's a successor to a genre. And I know Justin yeah. has played it too. So I wanted to ask in this specific case, like, what is it a successor to and in what way in a genre, right? Like, mm. I, I've lost track of the designation. Boom right. shoot? So, boom. yeah. Talk, so just the, talk to me about it. The, the term these days is uh, retro shooter or throwback shooter. Uh, because I, think I like that more. I, I do too. Um, I called them boomer shooters for a while, and I still will in certain scenarios. But um, at the end of the day, people are like, oh, but boomers didn't play this. I don't get it. <laughs> Which is a fair assumption, uh, honestly. Mm. Uh, the whole, like, literally, okay, you know that, like, Reddit meme of the dude in sunglasses holding a uh, white monster energy drink? Um, that's where the, the, the name boomer shooter came from, is because people would uh, crack open their can of uh, diet monster energy and say, these games aren't made the way they used to be. Um, and then take a sip. I, so that, that's literally what it was. They, they would, uh, I'm just like, like that, man, energy drinks are really part of the show today, huh? <laughs> no, yeah, like that, I, that's, I was surprised. He, he, he lifted it up and I was like, okay, can we get the other two to just get theirs in there? And we'll, we'll just have a quad, a quad energy. Uh, I, I mean, saying, it did indoctrinate me into drinking White Monster. So... For the um, shorts, I just thanks, want Reddit. I just want tra you and uh, Chris and Trav there, and then just this this episode's really about energy drinks, and it just pans over to Brody. <laughs> I like I yeah, like Justin much. planning the shorts in episode once again, just like doing his notes yeah. app, but like live <laughs> out loud. Trav, tell me more about uh, what so, you were going yeah. to say. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll I'll keep the the history lesson short. Basically, people were calling themselves boomers because the way that boomers act in real life towards things that are important are the way that they acted towards video games. They felt like games weren't uh, made the way they used to. And this was really popular during like back when Call of Duty and other military simulators were like the the only FPSs you got. This was before Doom 2016 came out and changed everything. Right. Um, and so there was that wave like Doom 2016 started this whole slew of retro Doom like shooters. Um, Doom like was a... a or Doom Clone was a term in the, the like 90s for anything that was a first-person shooter. And they sort of right. came back. And then they're just like, oh, no, we're calling them boomer shooters because we're boomers of like video games. Uh, and then as it went more mainstream and like indie devs like New Blood embraced it, um, then it kind of just started to fall off. Not because they embraced it, but because people got confused. Okay. Um, and what makes Ultra Kill... Or maybe even any game, one of these. Sure. Like, what's the distinction there? Um, so uh, this is a game that I don't know if you guys would know. Uh, if I were to pick a game from the same developer, which was New Blood, I mentioned them just a moment ago. Um, if I were to pick a game that would probably be more accurately a uh, spiritual successor, I would say Dusk. Um, if you play Dusk, it, it literally starts with a fake like DOS prompt thing that you watch mm. start up so like it, it's actually more of a throwback to that except it does its own thing and it does it really well um one of the mechanics in it is uh, otherwise it's just quake it, it's literally just quake it feels like quake except when you jump into the air 
you're not restricted by looking straight up, so you can literally do flips and everything goes upside down. It's really disorienting. Oh. I almost threw up. Um, <laughs> it sounds like it. It was really fun, though. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. we, we were talking about like, hey, Travis, uh, what games? And I didn't respond until today. This was like two weeks ago. Uh, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> what, what games would Travis like? Uh, he'd probably choose Ultra Kill and Pizza Tower. And I'm like, yeah, you're probably right, honestly. Um, <laughs> and there was one other game that I'm going to talk about more later. Uh, if I have the opportunity to, I don't want to step on anyone's toes, but, um, no, we we were talking about like ultra kill, but ultra kill is more a genre. We're finally going back to this point after I kind of deviated for a bit. Um, but ultra kill is the meshing of two genres with a, like a visual style that feels like PC games of the early two thousands, um, where we're, we're still kind of in that low poly, ps1 era i guess i I should say late 90s probably um but deliberately and in this case it's an art style choice it's not just them turning down the the rendering whatever um but so many old fps's of those times had a lot of similar similarities that's why they were called doom likes for so long is because they literally just took these same mechanics of doom and painted their own stuff over them, maybe changed some enemies and then created whole new levels from it. Uh, there's a Star Wars game from the 90s that is basically just Doom because, like, it's the same thing. You're going around, collecting key cards, opening up more of the map, getting new weapons as you go along for the episode, and then you start a new episode and all your weapons are gone, that kind of thing. So, in a is way... Dark Forces? Sure. Is that the name of it? Yes, Dark Forces. Yeah. That was it. Uh, I had to remember because I'm like, yeah, probably... Um, <laughs> it sounds like a Star Wars name, I don't know. <laughs> sure. but um, no, I mean, so basically, uh, it's like a mission-based find an object to continue and proceed with the mission kind of yeah, successor. Yeah. Um, gotcha. you know, every level your keys reset. You have to find the red and blue and yellow key all over again. Um, mm-hmm. but you use them in different ways. They're just contextual to that level. Um, I find these it, and it's curious. very labyrinthian. Uh, is another thing that a lot of the modern throwback shooters don't tend to do as much. Gotcha. I find these games curious because it's more that I just haven't played them, so I just don't have that connection with them. Um, and someone I would associate to be that way with is Justin. Justin, I know you've played Ultra Kill and liked Ultra Kill. Was it your first kind of one of these? I know you've also played new Doom games at the least. I, but I played The first one I played was Doom Eternal, and I played it on easy mode to, <laughs> show, Nico that, that, yeah. to show Nico that it wasn't hard. Um, right. <laughs> and then oh, I, uh, and then after that, I watched Travis video of ultra kill first one. And that I was, I watched that video and I was like, Oh, this game looks really cool. So I played it and, uh, mm-hmm. that game is masterful. That game does an, an amazing blending of, and this is where ultra kill becomes its own thing. It's a blend of the genres of a retro shooter, but it's also mm-hmm. a beat em up game. Cause it has, yes. it's just a devil may cry game where the point of the game is to do thing as do things as crazily as possible and get as much score as possible. So okay. that's the reason why that one is kind of in a league of its own. Cause it does its own thing. It has that it's doom, but that you were talking about earlier in the episode, it gotcha. has its reason to keep coming back. Yep. And then every, epi- every update they keep adding into that game, it just gets crazier and crazier. And I'm just like, I don't know how they get further. Yeah, from it there. is, it is like I I know I just sound like a fanboy to anyone who doesn't have the context of Ultra Kill, but like it really feels like a game that shouldn't exist because they do so much cool stuff with it that you know 
you would think wouldn't work. And then it does. Like, you have infinite ammo. Nothing, like, at worst, things need to recharge, but you don't need to pick up ammo. Your hmm. your weapons, like, it, comparing it to a beat-em-up, which it, it definitely is. Um, Interesting. It, it's, it's a beat-em-up, but your guns are your weapons, and you're quickly switching between the different guns the same way that you would mix up your combos in a beat-em-up. Um, mm. well, which Doom Eternal kind of did that in a way, but didn't force you to. This game is... It hard punishes you from picking the same weapon over and over. Yeah. Interesting. And so, like, yeah, that that's why I was like, yeah, maybe not Ultra Kill, because that well, I think Justin explained it perfectly, so I'm going to try to explain it again and steal his thunder. <laughs> um, basically, <laughs> Justin. it's in a league of its own, yeah. It's, okay. it's masterful, too, because, like, so many of the attachments for some guns then work with other guns. Like mm -hmm. how the coin that comes from the pistol, you can use your railgun and shoot the coin and it yeah. splits off and explodes everything. Or you can charge up your like shotgun and then shoot the shotgun and core snipe it and then make everything explode. Like it's it's amazing. Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's, so like you can charge up like a grenade launcher attachment for your shotgun, but then shoot the grenade before it hits anything to make the explosion bigger. Just shit like that. Okay. It, it's it's so much fun. <laughs> I think it, I want to target Justin and follow up on this then, because I was kind of approaching Justin with yeah, this. Shut the fuck a, up, Travis. Yeah, Trav guy <laughs> talking on the podcast you're on, you monster. But I was I was initially curious. I was like, oh, I wonder if this made Justin want to branch out and check other ones. But it, it's sounding like this one is so A, good and B, unique that maybe it wouldn't have. Like, I, I can't think of any other hmm. things like this that are maybe more applicable to the indie successor thing. But did it? Make well, you want to look at anything else, or, or were you just like, I want more Ultra Kill? I think uh, Proteus, <laughs> Proteus is one that Proteus. is another one mm. that's like the, the the 2D pixel art kind Proteus of. Proteus is really good. It, um, it was on Game Pass. It didn't really scratch the same itch as, as uh, Ultra Kill did for me. Yeah. Um, so I gave it a shot, and I was like, it's good. It is. It is good, but it is closer to Doom than it is to Ultra Kill. Yes. And I was looking for more Ultra Kill than I was looking for more Doom. Because if I wanted to play Doom... And there's not really much out there right now that's like that. No, there really isn't. And, and so it's just kind of waiting... the successor to Ultra kind of, Kill. Is what I'm <laughs> we're, we're waiting for Act 3, baby. Act 3's gonna be so sick. Um, but no, it, it it really was just... Proteus didn't have the, the hook that Ultra Kill did. And that Proteus is more Doom. So if you like yeah. Doom, you can play that. And there's more of that. But if you want Ultra Kill... There's kind of nowhere to go to get more of that. Yeah. Gotcha. I can relate in a bit, in a way, to take this in a different direction and wrote Brody back in. Um, you mentioned Spark the Electric Jester 2 to me in this way. <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, by basically every account, is a Sonic, you know, kind of continuation or inspired by kind of deal. Yeah. Um, the first game specifically maybe has like a little Kirby in it with some ability stealing, but especially 2, which is a 3D game. There's a lot of um, 3D Sonic in there. It, it was the closest thing that I think has actually approximated that that adventure style of gameplay. Uh, mm. Not to say that it is a perfect recreation. It, it does have it, it. There are points where you can kind of see it almost taking cues from from like the boost games. Um, yes, yes, that surprised me. Because to cut in real quick, like what I mostly heard about Spark the Electric Jester was through Sonic fans, and so many of them 
so many of this vocal minority were like, oh, dude, this is the adventure games brought back, dude. Like, this is the thing. This is the sauce, bro. And if you're an adventure game fan of the Sonic Adventure games, you know that there's not really anything else like them, right? Like, if you're chasing that dragon yeah. after, if you like those games, there's not really anything else like them. Even later 3D Sonic games can't really get you there, you know? So it was very intriguing. So intriguing that I didn't play it until last night when we were getting ready to do this episode. Um Funny story about that. I remember oh, yes. when we when we first played Fall Guys, Chris was really upset because he was like, "Man, if this game was like Adventure, I'd be smoking all of you fools." But we can't. Fall Guys. Yeah, because the Fall Guys platforming was closer to something else than it was to Adventure, and he's a big Adventure guy, so he was like, "Man, what? Wait, what? Yeah, dude, Sonic? You, you let you let Chris play any platformer, and he's like, it should be more like Sonic." Am I <laughs> gaslit right now? What's happening? What? I don't remember seeing this. Oh, oh, it definitely happened because it was during when oh. Fall Guys was free on PS Plus. So you, we, we all picked it up together. Well, and I mean, we definitely played it. I don't remember being like, oh, man, <laughs> if this was Sonic Adventure, I'd be smoking your ass, bro. I was salty about oh. not being good at that yeah, game, but I do not remember this. Oh, no, specifically, this I trust you. That's funny. No, you, you, you specifically were upset because you couldn't win a game. You never well, got yeah, a crown. Of and then you were like, upsetting. And then you were like, man, if this was like Sonic Adventure, I'd be able to get a better handle of these controls. If I could spin dash jump and skip yeah. every obstacle, <laughs> I'd be set. Um, Fall Guys is by Mediatonic. Mediatonic made Sonic the Hedgehog level maker. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog, right. That's how we get back. Brody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just stuck here like, oh my God, I think I'm being gaslit, but I guess I got to keep going with this episode. Anyway, basically, I finally played Spark the Electric Guster 2. I played one, and I don't even know if I need to disclose this, but just in case, in the instance of fairness, I kickstarted the first Spark the Electric Jester, and I was technically a beta tester on it, in the sense that oh, you um, poor the thing. developer, what? You poor thing. Why poor thing? What? <laughs> continue. Beta testing fucking sucks. All right, that. Never mind. Sorry. But to continue, I thought um, I was being funny. Lake Feppard sent me a build of the game, and. I had a lot going on that year, so I completely forgot to respond to the developer. So I didn't actually pay to test the game. <laughs> but I was like, you know, that's like, oh, an okay. I should probably disclose that just in case. But I finally played two, and I was going in ready to not like it, to um, give some ups here. Because I had all this like noise about it being like a Sonic Adventure follow-up. And I watched, um, I'll call him out, I watched Kevin play some of three, and it seemed like very confused like i didn't really have a good grasp on what the game was doing from watching kevin play it and i was like oof i guess the people who like this good for them but i played two and i gotta say i was really surprised by how fun it was i, I think to your point especially brody it does feel it, it does take some things from the adventure games but i was thinking so much more of like the boost sonic games and like specific visual elements that are making me think of like sonic colors specifically with this game but it was fun. It was so much fun. I was not expecting to go into this and like it so much, and I'm a little scared by how much I like it. Yeah, <laughs> it's I, quite simple. The story is not worth mentioning. Um, no, I. The, you don't the, even play as Spark in it. You play as like you play Sparks as you play as Sonic. Fark. 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 The the. I, oh, is he supposed to be? Are you, are you making this up? Are you? I I no, I, I assumed he was supposed to be Shadow. Although actually. No, what, There's what? a character yeah, like yeah, him that's yeah. <laughs> color-coded the shadow also yeah. who says, quote, 
okay, not direct quote, but oh, you know, I've he basically says you hit it up your butt at one point during a cutscene, and that was when I mentally tuned out of the story. <laughs> so the, if you don't like Sonic, maybe that just sounds like Sonic to you. But I was really impressed by this game in that a it handles speed pretty well. Even the boost Sonic games, or even like the slower 3D Sonic games like Adventure, so many of these narrow paths have guardrails on the side just because they can't trust you to not fly off the actual stage. This game extremely rarely has guardrails, and you go pretty quick. You have like a a pen dropping button, and you also have a dash button on the trigger to make you go fast. And I never once flew off the end of like a noodling in the sky pathway sonic style i never once went off and i was so impressed by that and the fact that i i could move my control stick right i mean i'm in really deep sonic territory here sorry no, basically it was good i know what you're saying but you need to talk some you know i i i, I know what you're saying exactly Brody, please take I, the mic i i think what really gets it into the more like the, the adventure territory is that you can you know, I, 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 it's a couple years back now, so correct me if I'm wrong, but you can stop on a dime, right? Like you have like for, for what is a lot of forward momentum, you have a lot more control than you do in the boost games. Um, yes, but actually the boost games had something I wish this did have. Um, for those unfamiliar in like Sonic Unleashed, Colors, etc., you have a stomp, which basically kills your forward momentum and sends you straight down. There were many instances in this game where I wished I had that. Because I would try to aim on a precise platform and I just keep flying past it and die. Um, that was a thing. But that, that, that was a weird double-edged sword where like that was me going out of my way to try to engage with the 3D platforming instead of just running forward and going fast. And every time I tried to do that, I was like, oh, I wish I had the stomp from Sonic Unleashed. But if I wasn't trying to actively engage with the platforming outside of one level, that was never an issue. So... I, I think hey. the, the most <laughs> criminal thing that game does, more so than the boss fights, which are baffling on on, a, on some level, um, mm. although, you know, really a precursor to Sonic Frontiers, if you think about it, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, the, the most criminal thing oh. that it does is, is it's so short. It's I think it took me three hours of just kind of like it's weird to say meandering through that game because you're, you're going fast. But I was, you know, I was taking my time with it. Uh, and mm. I was surprised when it just sort of ended. Obviously, it's built for replayability. Go back in, get a better score, try the different routes. All you know, your standard Sonic stuff. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I was I was just honestly really surprised at how it just sort of just sort of ends. So I, I do want to play three at some point because I'm just like I want to hop back in there and play more. But you know, mm. I'm curious to play three. I guess if you think about it, though, you know. Sonic Adventure, Sonic Story, that's like, what, an hour? Sonic Adventure 2, if you play one of the story paths, that's like an hour, hour and a half, right? It just kind of doesn't waste your time with a lot of the extra stuff you can get into, I guess. That's a good point. I do, better or worse, like, that example has Chow Garden included, which is fun, but, you know, yo, it doesn't Chow pad Garden? you like a Sonic Unleashed does, let's say. No, that's that's a great point, because, like, I, I'm I'm usually, in these games, not compelled that much to go back and like get a better score um if there's time trials or like s ranks that's a different story i think i like to go and i like to go and do those um but yeah. just basic score it's it's not really something that incentivizes me um but in sonic adventure 2 specifically i i played that game hours and hours and hours and i think a lot of that is is that chow garden element of like go back get rings um you know obviously it has the other missions and stuff but like it really was 
just you know play city escape over and over and over again enjoy the song get the rings get stuff for your chow um and maybe that was really just what just what it was missing. i think every sonic <laughs> game is missing chow garden right? like it just it adds so right. much to an experience that you it, you don't think it does but it it's like i guess that's where you can look forward to um oh what's his name chad tronics poglins is that uh, the chow garden indie successor excuse me that's poglins? on kickstarter poglins right I'm Poggers. pretty sure it was Poglins. Uh, we, as mentioned before, we do stream these lives. I'm going to like glance over to see if track confirmed. But I'm pretty sure it was Poglins, which was, by all accounts, just Indie Chow Garden. So that could maybe be looked forward to. <laughs> it's kind of bizarre to me how much Sega knows that we love the Chow Garden and how much they don't want to give it back to us. Like, they could just make it a Tamagotchi. That's literally my favorite part of Sonic Adventure as a kid. Yeah. yeah. You could just make, like, a Tamagotchi version on your phone and just have the Chows run around mm. on your phone and check them in every now and again. Like, it seems like such a no-brainer, but yet they refuse to do it. I've there always... are people there who know. Um, I know they someday. do. Because they keep <laughs> talking someday. about it on Twitter. Like, they keep talking yeah. about it. I've always yeah. thought that, like, a really interesting take on it, because so many people are like, oh, we don't want Chow Garden on mobile because you need that, like, that that sort of Timers. like well you need that back and forth well that like the whole the making it a mobile <laughs> game but like assuming you yeah. you made it like actual chow garden it's on mobile you can play it like without restriction um you still don't have that element of like being incentivized to like go back into a level get rings or whatever and, and yeah. bring that into it i think if they did make a, a a mobile one the smart thing to do would be to attach it to every future sonic game going forward so like you play Sonic Frontiers, get a bunch of rings, import them into your mobile game. You play the next Sonic game, import that in, you know. So it's it's sort of mm. evergreen. They, and that way they never have to make a new Chow Garden again. And they can but they can still attach it to all the Sonic games. Oh my god. It's just Pokemon Home. Yeah. I, just had, yeah. I was just thinking, like, man, that sounds a lot like the Pokemon Home issue, which means in 10 years you get like a disconnect notice on Sonic Frontiers. It's like your rings can't go to the tiny child garden on ios anymore and you're like why am i living god but <laughs> my Wait, brain so immediately... brody you brody you you love going back and doing s ranks and yet you don't like checklist games well because i i mean s ranks give me something to to do that's that's like expressly different it sort of changes the way that um you approach the game like where you might play through Sonic Generations the first time as like, oh, this is a fun Sonic game. When you when you go and you actually do the S ranks, it's like, oh no, this this is a rhythm game now. This isn't like a platform. Okay. This is like I'm playing Rock Band, um, mm, and that's what I yeah. find so interesting. I like that analogy. Yeah, because, because that's how it felt. List, but that's how actually... it felt for me when playing Pizza Tower. Oh, Are Pizza we ready Tower. to move well, on? That's a, that's a great segue. <laughs> yeah, no, that's. I, was, I, was I, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to <laughs> step on Brody's feet more than I have to. No, no, I like I, I like Warrior Land. Go, go ahead, dude. I, that's what I was gonna say. I the original segue that I had planned for this was, what are spiritual successors that you don't really have a connection to but really enjoyed? Because for me, that's Pizza Tower. Because yeah, I have fond memories of playing Wario Land for growing up specifically, but I didn't like. I don't I didn't have this huge attachment to it that made a lot of people fall in love with Pizza Tower, but I still did. Pizza Tower's fun. It's really, really fun. You let me play it on your Steam Deck, uh I did. Too many games. I'm happy I did like... because uh watching you play it made me think, oh, Justin likes good games. <laughs> right. I like Ultra Kill. That's not where I was gonna go with that, but uh that just sort of <laughs> slipped out. I was gonna say I, I like Ultra Kill. Like, right. What do you mean? <laughs> 
but I'm, I'm curious, like, because the people who like Pizza Tower really like Pizza Tower. They do not ever stop talking about Pizza Tower. Hi. I, I don't, I'm not saying give me a sales pitch, but what? All right. What specifically, Imagine- like, was the moment that hooked you on Pizza Tower? Okay. I shit you not. Huh? It, it tickles my brain the same way <laughs> that. To, yeah, just like that. That's the sound my brain makes. Um, it tickles my brain gameplay-wise because the aesthetic is a totally different thing. Um, it does look really cool. The same way that the good 2D Sonics do. Oh, Sonic dear. Mania uh, and Sonic 3 and Knuckles, like that expert level design where it's like, it's linear, but there's different like ways you could do it. And like every time you play it, there's like something new that you end up finding unless you're a maniac and you replay it a million times like I have with Sonic 3. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, like there's those branching paths. But then that also that feeling of uh, it, it encourages you to learn the levels and a lot of people you know i I guess back on the discussion of like retro shit you know when talking about like retro difficulty people tend to think like oh that just means getting punished immediately and then remember like memorizing the game Mm -hmm. um but in here like with pizza tower i should say it's less punishing you and it's more like if you want to get those p ranks so that you can 101 percent the game then yeah, you you will need to memorize some stuff, but you can still enjoy the game and beat it without that issue. Um, but going for those P ranks because I I was that maniac that platinumed the game and then uh, got all the one hundred and one percent. Like getting good at those levels brought me back to like being a kid and enjoying Sonic Three. I, I'm specifying Sonic Three because that's really the only. 2d sonic game of that like first trilogy that made me go oh sonic's cool hey man, sonic, sonic 2 is, is all right sonic yeah, sonic 2 is is fine like that was the first 2d sonic i beat sonic 1 uh but i liked sonic 3 <laughs> um, that's the right i want to ask right you something response. for my benefit and maybe for yeah, the audience's benefit because sure. you know like the people like pizza tower are real loud about it but you know not everyone knows what yeah. pizza tower is you mentioned um like the difficulty spikes because if i know anything about the Wario games it's kind of paying homage to and I don't mm-hmm. you can't die right like, yes what is the, it's it's very much like that um what is the barrier if you if you are just playing the game to beat it and you're not trying to go for p ranks and stuff like that it'll be pretty easy it, it's the exact same sort of thing where you don't have a life bar and then like if you mm. get hit 10 times in a level you get a little pop-up that says like you hurt Pepino 10 times and it's like supposed to guilt trip you, but that's it. (laughs) Like, um, like there's a little TV in the corner of the game that just like shows your main characters, like emotions. Um, (laughs) this isn't, this is not an indie game. That's a metaphor about depression. Um, I was about to say this sounds like that, but I know maybe it is. No, it's more of like a, it's a lot closer to like the doom face at the bottom. That's like looking around Mm. and then reacts to like getting shot. Um, right. it's that, but with a lot more personality. Cause like you get a power up and it changes to something really silly. Like you, you get the, the chicken power up and now it's just a chicken, but your main characters in the background, like, bro, let me have my turn. It's like that. It's, it's a bunch of cute shit. The art style is awesome. Genuinely. It feels, um, hmm. it's a Saturday morning. It, it reminds cartoon. me. It's really, really yeah. Cool. It reminds me a lot of like that Hanna-Barbera shit. Uh, courage, the cowardly dog, which I don't know if that's a Hanna-Barbera. You get the nope, idea. Not at um, all. 
that <laughs> that, that Hanna Barbera cowered the dog. Fuck. Tom and Jerry. <laughs> no, no, no. I know what I know what I said. Yeah. Um okay. but uh the the I'll, I won't bother too much with talking about the art style, but um It's really good. Okay. Uh I had a point with all that rambling. Um difficulty difficulty challenging. Right. So is it more about uh, like getting like, into a flow state than yes, being more absolutely. about the challenge? So in order to get the P ranks, uh this probably the last time I'll mention it just to not repeat myself too much. Um, you have a combo meter that slowly drains. It's not, it's not even really a meter. It's closer to a timer that every mm-hmm. time you hit something, uh, the, it goes back up. Uh, so you have this small window of time to take out an enemy or collect a pickup or anything like that to maintain that combo. Um, and that's where the, the risk comes from because in order to get a P rank, you need to have that, combo meter there for the whole level you can't have it run out um sounds like which a is a lot Spark harder than it sounds electric jester 2 did uh, they do that there's maybe something very similar there's no tv mm. showing you fark's emotional state throughout unfortunately as much as i okay. love that since he's a robot <laughs> well, so pizza tower is um interesting to me because we we had mentioned earlier like these games that sort of take uh that have just become carbon copies of of what they're emulating and pizza tower almost seems like the uh the reverse of a game that goes oh it's this but yeah Uh, and and it it really is this is only coming from this is coming from someone whose warrior land experience is limited to uh warrior land 4 and um like a, a couple like a couple levels of shake it um which is like in it seems like Pizza Tower has said, okay, we're going to take everything that works in, in Warrior Land. We're going to take, like, the the speed of it, like, you know, do, trying to do it fast. But we're not going to take, like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, but, like, Warrior Land 4 has those really, uh, the pinball levels in, in the one world that just it, it kind of, like, grinds the game. I love pinball in games. I like pinball minigames. I mean, uh, you're John- probably right. I have not played enough Warrior Land 4 to say. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> It seems like it seems like with with Pizza Tower that like we're gonna take everything that we like about this that works that feels good and we're mm-hmm. not gonna throw in any of like the the extra stuff. Yeah, I mean the game is very like unlike Ultra Kill where it's kind of just a hodgepodge. Uh, Pizza Tower definitely is a Wario Land four inspired game. Uh, I mean the like pre release early access builds of the game actually used like Wario Land sound fonts and then they got in trouble for that. Um, <laughs> oh, I see. So huh. it, it's very deliberate uh, or it's very explicit about where its inspirations came from. Um, but I I don't know what hellish level of like focus testing they did for that game because everything works. There's not like a single dull moment in that game. Like people will argue about like, what's the worst level in the game? And no one can really agree because there's just there's so much to do but at the same time like there's also so much that hit the cutting room floor like if we're talking about like power-ups and enemies like they probably only use like half of what they ended up making but in a good way like they 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 knew what worked yeah there's a restraint Um, there yeah so restraint that's a great way to put it yeah um this is something i would google but can't because i'm running the ship um, there's a similar thing that's homaging Wario Land called Anton, Anton Blast. Blast. Is that out? Mm, yes. Nah. It uh, it's it not out? out yet. No. It's not, no, it's not I out. thought so. Okay. Well, we'll shout out Anton Blast for existing. 
Um, Shout out to Anton Blast. Now, I will say (laughs) from Pizza Tower's standpoint, I think the fact that its art style is super simple also plays to its benefit a lot because Mm -hmm. you have to kind of notice a lot of the things that are happening to keep that P-Rank chain going. Yeah. And that is... Having this art style being super simple and being able to clearly identify what is a pickup and what is an enemy is like key to making that ship like as yes. good. it feels deceptively mm-hmm. simple right like it, it's act, like you can tell that like behind the scenes there's a lot of thought put into how everything is working yeah obviously the animation frame by frame looks gorgeous yeah because like it's it's very flat colors it's not very poppy but like the the in between frames of everything is so buttery smooth that you know they drove like 15 sprites to make yeah. one thing take a step and so this this does touch on the topic that uh that you you brought up justin which i i had noticed going into this i i know i had had pitched this idea as like oh let's talk about indie successors but when i went in and actually like looked at the list of games that i've played that count as indie successors to games i noticed that a lot of them were uh for games that i had never actually played the original of i know that you had mentioned uh suggesting that i talk about uh hollow knight but i i wasn't really going to do that as much as i love that game because I don't have a familiarity with like the original Metroid games or Castlevania in that way. Um, Mm. My entrance into like the Metroidvania genre was, uh, I would say Guacamelee. Um, (laughs) If we're we're talking about that kind of one. Yeah. Well, and that's, that is very much. I mean, they take the Chozos. They literally just rip the Chozos. The the Chozos are literally in the game. Yeah. They're called Chorizo. <laughs> yeah. that uh, might be my first funny. also actually now that i'm thinking about it was guacamelee yeah. uh but what's what's the one thing i will say about hollow knight because it does actually i think touch on that kind of the topic is i when i played that i realized that every other metroidvania game was not a metroidvania like not in the way that hollow knight brings to the table which is you're going everyone's adventure through that game is going to be their own and it still does you know it has all the gates it has yeah. all the hallmarks has all the trappings but you are not mm. in in the way that you are in a lot of Metroid games or or even ones inspired like it, like Wakamele. Uh, you're you're not funneled into like a specific uh, progression. Um, and I know you know you have like sequence breaks and stuff in, in Metroid or whatever, but like they there is an intended path that doesn't exist in Hollow. There is no intended yeah. path beyond the first like two areas. I've tried to explain that to people. Like I when I first played Hollow Knight, like I went in thinking like this is going to be a Metroidvania. Which I I think that it still is, but my perception of what a Metroidvania was made me enjoy it less, just because oh, I, I went in with the wrong idea. That's crazy. Um, no, like like I legitimately did not care for it when I first played it because it wasn't like I had my expectations in a weird spot. I do think that I would like it now, or genuinely, I think I'd love Hollow Knight. Mm. Um, but I was telling people that like, uh, I the way that I phrased it was like this feels just more like a 2d open world game and not a metroidvania and a lot of the response that i got to that was what's the difference yeah um yeah yeah, yeah. which made me reevaluate like all right well what makes a metroidvania this and i've uh been using that for my analytical content but it's it's still an interesting discussion uh from my perspective of like people like from all that they uh, there are people that just see that big Metroidvania map and think that's an open world, right? Like that's basically just a 2D open world. Um, mm. When I I don't see it that way personally until like maybe you get to the end of the game. 
Yeah, well, once um, you have with, all, with, the, all the keys Yeah, locked, like, by so. the end of the game, it, it really is an open world. But, um, you know, you have to earn that in some way. And, I like, none of this is a slight at Hollow Knight, for the record. Um, I, I really appreciate what it pulls off. Um, yeah, and that's, that's why just, I say that, you know, I, it, it, like... In a way, it ruined every other Metroidvania for me, at least the 2D ones. Sure, I, I understand that. Because um, it is just mm. such a perfect execution uh, of, of what uh, I think a Metroidvania should go for. And and then playing, um, you know, later, a couple years later, playing Metroid Dread afterwards, which is this, like, very linear game. Like, it it it, it, is it pretends to be open. It is linear, relatively, yeah. It, it, but you're really going in a straight line for, for, for most of it. I was like, wow, this is supremely disappointing compared to what i've what i've come to expect from this genre mm, so it sounds like you kind of had the the opposite feeling that i had of, in terms of like expectations because that's what i like about metroidvanias is how they they lock you in to certain regions and force you to either upgrade or find new upgrades to uh change what parts of the map you can access the, or to shoot the walls when you're stuck. Yeah. And yeah. complain about it on Do a do a George George Gaff? No, that's George, not his name. David George, Jaffe. George no, Gaffey. George. It's George. George David Jaffe. Jaff. Wait, I never mind. It's David Jaffe. That was George Gaff. George Gaff. Don't know why. It's it's that's his name now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. George Gaff. Um yeah, well like the thing that I like most in in games is uh getting lost and having to keep a mental tally, a mental map of like what I've what I've gone through, what I've, what I've, um, you know, where I've gone, where I need to go back to when I get like, you know, I hit a point. I'm like, okay, I probably need to come back here with a power up later. Cause this, this feels like mm -hmm. that's what it is. I love that. And hollow Knight just facilitates that like, like no other game, because I mean, the, I, I want that. Yeah. I want that map system in every game where you, you enter into the area. You have no idea where you are. Even if you have the like little thing that kind of tells you where your guy is, which I, I never used. Yeah. Um, cause I found it much more, uh, interesting to actually try to like, look at the geography to figure out where I was. Um, and you get the extra mm -hmm. badge slot for doing that. Um, and you know, you, you do eventually get a map for the area, but it's incomplete. It's sketched out. It's not like you still can't really tell a lot of where different areas are. There's, there's, there's places you, you never be, but if you, you know, as you go through the area and once you, once you sit at a checkpoint, it'll fill out all the areas that, that you've been to. So like, you're constantly exploring new area, getting lost. But once you've yeah. been somewhere, you, you know, you've been there, you know, where, where you're going to be. Um, and they can use it to great effect in like uh, an area like the deep nest, where they really want that kind of fear of the unknown, like getting lost more so than the rest of the game, uh, where they end up giving you the map, like depend depending on where you came in to the area from, you could end up getting that map at the very end of your exploration. Um, so like mm. you, you have a full like labyrinth, um, which is so just if really I could jump on you here, please. Cause you are, you're being a hollow oh, Knight baby. fan and unfortunately you're not allowed to like hollow Knight in my presence for too long, but <laughs> no, I'm just like, oh man, that could be a whole thing in itself. Brody sells us on hollow Knight, but it, it seems like the main takeaway I, I would get from what you're saying is that it was so good that it almost hurt the genre for you a little bit. Yeah. Where yeah, you then, maybe like with the Ultra Kill thing, right? Like where you go to play another game and you're like, oh, this isn't really Hollow Knight, though. You know, this isn't really like Ultra Kill. That happened. I played and Ori right after and I was like, I, I don't want to play this. 
this is that's good. <laughs> that's sad because I hear really good things about Ori. Ori is gorgeous, and it's yeah. a game just kind of like Brody, where it's I a liked, game. I liked other games in the genre, and I went to play Ori, and I was like, I know I would like this game. Why don't I? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm. I um, if I could rope Justin in with this premise as we uh, end the show here in a bit, but you know, I want to give Justin a little more chance to speak. I, I want to see if you feel this way that I do, because Justin, I know you also like your farming simulator games, much as I do. do you don't like, wait, 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 you like farming oh. sims? Why have we never talked about this? I love farming sims. Uh, we could have been bonding over this. Story, story of Seasons, A Wonderful Life. At, as oh, of I don't blame for story. Like, kind of like, no, Story of Seasons <laughs> is uh, the Harvest Moon games, but just under a different name, because Natsume took the name Harvest Moon. Oh, sorry, that was a lot. <laughs> I was like, uh, what, Trav oh. likes them? And then Justin said the word story, and Trav was just like, kill. Um, well, wait, no, I love happening? Minecraft. Oh, I hate well, Minecraft. <laughs> Justin, um, you grew up with Harvest Moon. Right? Love Harvest Moon. As I did. Did you, you played Wonderful Life, which just got a remake recently, right? I just, yeah, I'm so pissed um, that I just bought a bunch of things and I can't get the new Wonderful Life remake. Same. I had to save money. Did you do Friends of Mineral Town also? I played a little bit of it because it connected to Wonderful Life. Okay, so, so you played a little bit of it. Yeah. That was the main one I grew up with, with a very legal copy on my old Pentium PC, and I played it all the there time, basically. Um, and I really fell in love with the series, and I, I noticed that shortly after A Wonderful Life, it the Harvest Moon series just... I don't want to say it got too cutesy for me, but it, it never really grabbed me again, right? And yeah, you're making a motion that it went downhill. It's, and I think a lot of people I've seen. Oh, online, that's what he was doing. Okay. I saw that because I have you on this <laughs> monitor over here. Um, right. I saw that in the corner of my eye and I'm like, why are the knuckles in Justin's screen? Because <laughs> like my peripheral vision was just. Knuckles just yeah, like here. I, I saw him doing this and that's like, I thought I was just like Dude, hallucinating. Yeah. Right. Holy no. crap. For audio listeners, Justin's trying to grab a ghost knuckles and honestly, you can blame him. But I, I guess to the point, right? Like Harvest Moon. I don't even want to say it became something different necessarily, but it never hooked me back in. Technically, it literally I, became something different. Maybe it literally became something different. Like, I kind of followed through Nintendo Power, and at a point, I was just like, I think I'm good with Friends of Mineral Town and A Wonderful Life, right? The Which last is why, one was, like, Animal Parade on the Wii? That was, like, the one, the last one oh, before... That was the yeah. last one before it split off from being Harvest Moon and Story of Seasons. Like that yeah, was the there's some point. there's some brand tomfoolery we could get into there, but basically like it just kind of felt like it meandered. But it in 2016 there was a little game that came out called Stardew Valley, which is weird to think of now as this like huge monolithic like indie gaming entity. Because for a while, if you liked Harvest Moon, it felt like you were kind of weird, right? Like so many people would just be like, "What's the point? All you do is farm." Like no one, it, it was hard to get people into the series. Meanwhile, that was like, the whole reason I wanted it. Is the whole yeah. reason you wanted it. Yeah, I don't but, care for the story. I just want to farm. Right. It, it it reminds me a little bit of Animal Crossing, where it's like, it used to be weird if you liked Animal Crossing, but now it's like one of the most like accepted games to play. But to get back to um, it kind of ruining the, ruining the genre a bit, Stardew Valley is, I think by the creator's own admission, right? He's like, I really liked Friends of Mineral Town and the old Harvest Moon games. And it felt like I never actually got a sequel to that. So I was like, what if I made my own? And it really shows because it, maybe it's a little ugly sometimes. You know, maybe it's a little visually unappealing if we're being honest. But 
it, it hits the vibe correctly, and it does actually feel like a sequel to Friends in Mineral Town. So much so that when I played it, I instantly fell in love with it and fell in deep. Justin, can you relate? It has. So the thing that I greatly appreciate Stardew Valley for is mm -hmm. the fact that you can just farm, but there's so much other things to do in that game that makes mm -hmm. you really feel connected to the network of people in the town. And it really makes you incentivized to go out and actually talk to everybody, which is something I rarely ever did in a Harvest Moon game. Because mm -hmm. I was always just so focused on getting uh, the farm and then just getting that all set up. Um, yeah. And it it just it grabbed me in a way that I never really expected a farming sim that was like Harvest Moon to really grab. Mm -hmm. To the point where when I went back and played a Wonderful Life Special Edition on the PS4, because that came out, it was like a downloadable game. Yep. Yeah. I was like, man, why are the animations so slow? Why is it <laughs> that, so long to water really plants? <laughs> like, why yeah. is it so long to talk to people? Why is it like a five minute cutscene to just give someone a flower? <laughs> Yeah. Like, why is it this? Why is it that? I always no, appreciate truly. the vibe of it, though. Um, oh, it's phenomenal. Like, yeah. I, 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 that's the, the, the only Harvest Moon game that I've touched. The only Natsume game I've touched besides uh, Rough Trigger, the Vanacore Conspiracy. Uh, oh, God. What? <laughs> the Vanacore Conspiracy. Oh, I, uh, what uh, what I, even is that? I did that just to get the That's a successor to Ratchet and Clank. You, oh, you know what? That is, a good, that is a good point, actually. It is it is a uh, indie Brody. successor to Ratchet and <laughs> No. Just no. continue what you were saying yeah. about Harvest Moon. Yeah, um, I can't do this. <laughs> no, uh, but what I've realized with with farming sims is like I I I keep looking at Stardew Valley. I've looked at it for years, and I I want to play it. I want to to go in and and, and enjoy it. But every time I see that like tile based tile by tile like farming, I'm like I realize that <laughs> I I didn't do farming in a Wonderful Life. Like I did very I did like the bare minimum amount i think my farm was like dead by like year one or two because i was i mean oh. i was a child right and i was just like oh i want to go into town and talk to people i love that game but not for the farming um interesting yeah i couldn't recommend stardew because while it does offer other things to do like even like a dungeon to go into it's a nice side thing you know it's not like you yeah. should play the game for this it's like if you're already in here you may as well do it because it's kind of fun, but it's not like sell the game worthy. Yeah, but oh, go ahead. Oh, I, I well, I, I think the most I ever engaged with farming in a game like that was probably actually Farmville on Facebook when Facebook. I was, was actually gonna say Farmville. I was gonna I was make gonna fun of that earlier. Does Farmville count? For this? No, I, I was gonna <laughs> say that Farmville is what part of the reason why I think Animal Crossing and Harvest Moon and Stardew Valley got as big as they did, because it went from being a weird like farming thing to. It now has a mass appeal because everybody's on Facebook. Yeah. And now that everybody knows they like farming sims, that's what grabs more people to try something like an Animal Crossing or try something like a Stardew Valley. No, so uh, I, I think that you're right on the money with that, honestly. Yeah. I've never thought about that, and I might hate that you might be onto something with that, actually. I really huh. think it's a I really think it's the case. That 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 takes some research, I think. I need to look into that now. I don't like what you said, but I think you needed to say it. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I guess to attempt to get that back on the rails from Farmville, <laughs> um, I don't know, Stardew Valley, it's really good. It's so good that, um, it's so good. I went, how good is it? Well, let me tell you, it's this good. I, I went back to play, um, new story of seasons entries because the series brand Tom Fulry, Harvest Moon is now story of seasons. There's a Harvest Moon. Don't look at it, but 
I, I, I was just playing it and I was like, man, I wish this was like Stardew. I wish this incorporated quality of life features from Stardew. Um, again, the dungeon, not, not sell the game worthy, but it's fun to have like an extra side thing to do that feeds back into the main game, kind of like the child gardens, right? Like it's an <laughs> extra little thing that's different, but there's a loop there that kind of feeds into each other while you're doing it. There's a lot of attention paid to the townspeople. Stardew Valley still has an issue um, that I've always had with those games where everyone has like two sentences of dialogue per like friendship level, basically. And it's not enough because you have to talk to people every single day to be better friends with them. Mm-hmm. So you just get these vapid, inane lines of dialogue. You start <laughs> mashing A through a couple of them, yeah. Yeah. And it sucks because like in Stardew Valley, especially lays down a lot of like really subtle plot threads that are interesting like infidelity someone's kid someone's like father being like the outcast wizard and like how that's affecting the marriage of like her mom and her not like biological father apparently like there's all these little things i yes actually how'd you know But it's a lot of stuff like that where I'm like, man, I wish this had more dialogue. But even so, when I go back to play other games, I'm like, the characters are just more interesting, right? There's not as much to latch onto there. But Stardew Valley is giving you more in that area, especially as I watch the story of Seasons games just kind of remake the ones I liked as a kid, you know? And not make a new one? Yeah, I'm like, man, I really like those games, so it's cool that they're here with better gameplay features, right? But I kind of just want to see you... You know, Stardew Valley kind of leapfrogged Harvest Moon, Story of Seasons. I kind of want to see them be like, all right, bet, and one-up Stardew Valley. But so far, seven years later, still waiting. Still waiting. Yeah. Still waiting. I'm, so, I'm speaking on farming yes. sims. There are two that I want to try and get into, and one of them is Rune Factory, and the other one is mm. Fantasy Life on the 3DS, the one that's made by Level 5. Both Fantasy of them Life look- is the ultimate checklist game. Yeah. <laughs> Both of them the look really like, cool, though. Yeah, like I'm gonna turn my brain off and just well, you sold me. Up. Yeah, no, <laughs> Fancy Life is really good. If for that reason, I would recommend it. Rune Factory is one I really want to try, but just never make the time for. It's on it Game Pass like, now. So if it you want to give it a shot, it sounds like it addresses a lot of the things I want from these games. Maybe so, might have to check back in on that later. But boys, um, I think that's a podcast. I well, think we did it. I do think. Oh. I do think the conversation about well i i think the conversation about (laughs) indie spiritual successors would not be complete without mentioning ukulele because that is like everybody thanks so much (laughs) (laughs) well okay Uh, well i'm gonna let it i'm gonna go back to this because i know you have a point but (laughs) that was a jump scare yeah no no no. well (laughs) man it's jump scare i I guess i guess i should say that i i backed that one since chris has established this now Oh, um, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, I back that one. Well, the thing is, I, I don't think ukulele is a bad game. I just think it's like, why not? It well, <laughs> why don't you not like it, Brody? It's, it's just, it's very much a, an in, indie game, which is also, um, maybe something to, to, to talk about, talk about with the topic because a lot of these indie developers that are making these games are not working with the same resources that the, these games were originally made with, like they, like. Platonic did not have the money or the power or the backing that Rare had when they made Banjo-Kazooie, which makes it all the more impressive when when one of these games does uh, live up to or outshine uh, what it is emulating. Um, To that Mm -hmm. point, uh, while Ukulele might be a bit of a a dour example, 
um, overall. <laughs> uh, the sequel, or if you want to call yes. it a sequel, Ukulele and the Impossible Layer, which is instead emulating uh, Donkey Kong Country, is, is phenomenal. Better than any Donkey Kong Country game that, that I've played, um, which is it's admittedly not the original, it's more of uh, Tropical Freeze era. Um, but that game is that game is stellar. It is the music is fantastic. The the controls just feel good. All of the, the the level gimmick of like going back in, but it's changed up because you're like doing puzzles in this like Zelda esque top down overworld. Um, it there's no part of that game that is unsatisfying, and it is a testament to um once they had the once they had established themselves and had that that like those resources and that backing to to do that um mm. seeing them able to to live up to what they what they used to be able to do is is it's nice to see um after yeah. after the first game and to back you up anecdotally because i i'm not a donkey kong country guy so far but Boo. i i heard even from people who like those original games a lot that they prefer impossible air even so even for the original trilogy enjoyers, Impossible Lair seems to be quite a game. And that it's nice to see that because it's kind of like a good feel good underdog story, maybe in a way, right? Like you have a lot of people from back then, but like you said, they have a lot less to work with. So it was good to see them come out and make that better game that everyone just kind of went like, yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, this is the one. Um, we, we I like your Obama we, impression just now. Uh, thank you very much. We promised we'd get back to it. I saw it mentioned in our live chat here as we stream this live. I think to close this out, I know you have an unexpected opinion, maybe if people aren't familiar, but Trav, Mighty Number Nine, Mighty Number Nine, just let's just talk about it. Get out of the way. All right, cool. (laughs) What do you want me to say? Because I will suck this game's cock until I die. I genuinely love Mighty Number Nine. I want you to die on this podcast so we can end it with your death. Well, that's that's, great. I I thought I was going to get us canceled by me sucking cock, but that works too. That's fine. You do that on the regs. I. What? You do that. It's fine. I do that to eggs? Is that what you said? said (laughs) On the regs, but. On the regs. Oh, okay. Suck some fucking eggs. Yeah, I'm sucking egg cock. Let's go. Well, that that has a meaning depending on what community you're in. Eggman? Yeah, that's what it is. Chris, aren't Um, you happy? Oh, oh. should have just closed the show. Why did I give Mighty so anyways, Number Nine space? Uh, welcome to the Mighty Number Nine t- conversation because where my standards are, Mega Man not always good. My oh, favorite dear. series do be good, but Mega Man not always. Mighty Number Nine <laughs> better than bad ones. You go fast, <laughs> run through enemy. Man goes sprinter, and then you go faster. Wow. Wow. I'm going wow. faster. Wow. Uh, holy guacamole. I like looking at the webcam and seeing Justin's face just bright fucking red. That was awesome. <laughs> We're having a time here on Cubcast. Uh, All right. So- no, no, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I like Mighty Number no. 9. I think it's fine. I platinumed it. It was really good. You got the platinum Mighty Number no. 9 trophy. Yeah. I did the thing where you play every level in order without choosing them. Every level in order, you can only take one hit and then it's game over. Start from the very beginning. I did that. As someone who got all the achievements in Final Fantasy 13, I can relate to forcing yourself through such. Oh, wait, no, that was just don't die. I think I could take a hit. (laughs) I was like without a hit. Jesus. Okay. Yeah, that was a different mode. There was no achievement. Chris, I'm going to do you a favor. 
No, uh, no, no I, okay, I, I, I'll hear you out. Yeah, thank I, you for coming to the Crubcast, everybody. Well, we'll see you guys next week. <laughs> well, I did have a uh, a lot of other games that did not make the cut uh, in this podcast. Uh, I, you know, it might be that they come up in the post show, which you can only see if you watch live. That's true. You'll get to hear us talk about those, and instead, as we close out, I want to give a shout out to the ones that were going to exist but didn't. Um, so to close this out, Trav, do you remember Red Ash? Red Ash and the animated adventures kickstarted. And the um, playable prototype of Red Ash, where you could kick a can down a corner alley. The exciting follow-up to Mega Man Legends that fans could not get. Sometimes these, uh, sometimes these don't work out. And sometimes these episodes don't work out. Thank you for listening to the Crubcast. Uh, it's been a pleasure to be your host. Look at uh, my Scott the Waz profile picture impression. <laughs> um, Trav cartoonishly approached from right angle. Um, as I was saying, sometimes these episodes are a wreck, but that's what you get here in the Crubcast. I'm Chris. It's been a pleasure to be your host. You can find me on the internet as Chris Meekness fan. I want to get a plug from everyone else here. Brody, do you have... A presence online you want to alert people to? Or are you fine with this being it? Uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> twitch.tv slash rock rocks eventually, I think is what I always say. You'll get there? Okay. Uh, JTart9. Justin, keeping in mind that this is going up a week after we're recording it, do you have anything you want to plug? Or, Trav? My light fell over. Stop, Trav! <laughs> that happened right before we started streaming, too. My name is JTart9. You can find me on... Twitter at JTart9 before Twitter explodes, and you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash JTart. And Trav, where can we find you? You can find me at youtube.com forward slash at that Trav guy. You can also find me on Twitter at the other Trav guy because that Trav guy was taken. Right. And I will also uh, be on. Um, I don't remember where I am. He's ascending. <laughs> to help Trav out, he uploaded a Metal Gear video today. Right, yeah. Th I did uh Today of recording. So go give that a late algorithm boost and give that some watch time when you're hearing this. Because it's always appreciated. Yes. Um, um, yes, I did a video on all of the classic two-dimensional Metal Gear games that will be coming out in October. The review, ooh. however, is up now. Watch ooh. it, please. All right. Well, there you go. Um, and that's basically it. If you're listening on audio, again, leave us a review, please. We're going to ask you this every week. Even when we get enough, we're going to keep asking. And if you're on YouTube, uh, give it a like and tell us about your favorite indie spiritual successors. Which one did we miss? Bloodstained? Probably that one. All right. We don't have an outro. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye.